What is coaching, really? We hear about health and wellness coaching available through our employer, see people across various social media platforms claiming to be life coaches or wellness coaches, and of course see athletic coaches taking front and center on a regular basis. But how does it work? What's the difference between someone who might call themselves a coach and someone with the credibility of being nationally board certified? How does it work? What's it like to be coached by someone who actually knows what they're doing? These are questions we're asked regularly. While we can spend hours explaining it, the best single way to understand it is to experience it in person or listen in on a real, live, unscripted session. That's exactly what you'll tap into over the next 30 minutes. As a nationally board-certified health and wellness coach for Catalyst Coaching 360, we'll be coaching a client who agreed to be recorded as you listen in. There is no script. This is the real deal. As you'll hear, every coaching session is unique, and the dance between the coach and the client involves reflection, restatements, silence, intrigue, left turns, and some pretty interesting self-discovery. Whether or not Susie's journey resonates with you personally, you're certain to be leaning in as a fly on the wall to this magical session. Welcome to the latest episode of the Catalyst 360 Podcast, your trusted resource for engaging evidence-based health, wellness, and performance insights. Speaking of coaching, if you're considering pursuing your MBHWC-approved health and wellness coach certification, the next cohort officially kicks off very soon. But you can start the on-demand coursework as soon as you're registered. If you have questions, reach out anytime, 720-339-4292. That's 720-339-4292. Or email us, results at catalystcoachinginstitute.com. Results at catalystcoachinginstitute.com. And if you're already a coach, do not miss the coaching event of the year. The MBHWC-approved Rocky Mountain Coaching Retreat and Symposium taking place in Estes Park, Colorado this September. All the details at catalystcoachinginstitute.com or please email us with any questions or details about the available group discounts. Results at catalystcoachinginstitute.com. Now, it's time to listen in on a real live unscripted coaching session with Lee Steiner, an experienced nationally board certified health and wellness coach on the latest episode of the Catalyst 360 podcast. First, thank you for taking the time to do a coaching session with me today. What I like to start off with is just asking kind of what your thoughts are and where you'd like to focus our time today. Yeah, I am really excited too. It's the new year and I feel like I definitely am not a person that makes New Year's resolutions. I gave that up a long time ago. I just don't like that focus. But there are some things that have gotten a little out of balance in my life, I would say over through the holidays. And then I had a really busy work schedule and family home and good stuff. But at the same time, things just got tipped upside down. So I'm, I'm struggling to get consistent with um, a lot of different aspects, actually. <laughs> I'm definitely feeling better now. So that's good. But I feel like my workouts have been super inconsistent. Um, they got really off track when I was sick. And then I think we joined a gym mainly because my kids wanted to join a gym. I generally work out in my home gym. I have a Peloton and like weights. And so I like doing that. But we joined this gym and that threw me off, believe it or not. Like the more options was super distracting for me. So I've been a little lost in that. And then what I found with my eating is it's almost been like this weekend binging, like I'll be reasonable during the week and have a 
you know, be on track and tracking my stuff. And then on the weekends, it's like, we'll go out to dinner and I'll drink too much and I'll just eat different things. And I, I feel like my weight is on this roller coaster too. So those are kind of the things that are on my mind a little bit. Yeah. Just to tell you a little bit about, about what I done recently is I did, a, I did a 21 day social media fast and I'm just coming off the heels of that. And I feel like that helped me to get a little bit of clarity, but I'm still just like not, I don't have my calendar set up to where I'm accountable for my, for my own personal wellness. Okay. So it sounds like you ended, you know, the year feeling a little less grounded than you would like to be with all these different things going on, Mm -hmm. not feeling well holidays, and then started the year feeling more scattered. And there was this conflict between not wanting to make new year's resolutions surrounding restrictive goals or things like that, but wanting to be more consistent with Sounds like a few different areas of your well-being. Exactly. Yeah. Like the consistency piece. And I know that is so tied to everything else in my life. Just I'm somebody that has to have that consistency. And so I've almost gotten to where my my tracking thing, my fitness pal is where I track. And I don't have a problem being really bad and actually writing it down in there or not writing it, but logging it (laughs) like still doesn't make a difference to me. So I don't know if I need to go to a pen and paper system or why I don't, I don't really understand why I'm having trouble getting this consistency. Yeah. When you consider, you know, these three different areas you're mentioning, you know, exercise, nutrition component, you're feeling like your weight's on a roller coaster. You had the social media um, fast for 21 days that felt kind of that went well. When you consider those areas um, and kind of look back on maybe a time when things were more consistent, um, what did that look like? I think, um, well, with regards to exercise, I think that when I was most consistent, in the recent years, it was during COVID because I was doing these online workouts and I was just really consistent with it. And I was, it was just, it worked really well for me. Um, so as far as that piece goes, it was probably like during the pandemic when we were sort of at home and we couldn't go to the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, I could go to, I couldn't go to yoga. I couldn't go to gym. And I, I was just doing these videos and it, it felt really good at that point. I, I feel like that was probably a time in the most recent history that, that just worked for me. Okay. So this time and space where you're doing exercise at home because you weren't able to go to the gym, you felt like more in control of consistent habits surrounding that. I did. Yeah. At the same time, when I was doing, like, if I look at that time period, other things were not as consistent. Like, I feel like my morning routine wasn't as consistent. And I wonder if it comes down to that morning routine for me, because it seems like if I set the day, if I do my day, like if I start out well, the rest of the day goes well. But it's just like I said, I can get off track pretty easily. And I just, it makes me question 
you know, do I need to set a goal? Do I need to set a, a, you know, a new year's resolution, just not call it a new year's resolution, but more of a target. I don't know. I'm definitely open to like ideas that you might have though. Okay. Um, you mentioned this morning routine piece and that if you have this foundation in the morning that goes smoothly with some of these components that are important to you, like exercise and nutrition, you feel like the rest of the day goes better. You kind of got more momentum to kind of sustain healthier habits. I do. Would yeah. It, would it be helpful to maybe outline what you would like an ideal routine to look like? And then maybe see what that looks like right now and talk through maybe how we could get um, to that more ideal space for you. Yeah, I think that that would be helpful. Um, And that kind of comes down to like my calendaring system too. Mm -hmm. So they're all tied together. Um, But I feel like I mainly work from my like calendar online my Google calendar, but then I also have my pen and paper calendar and I love to write. That's one of the things with this fast because it was through my church and there was a journal with it. And I loved the writing. I did it every single day except for one day. And it was like journaling in the morning and gratitude. And then I I haven't been that great with that exercise piece, but I just feel like that when I look over that, like the writing it down in the morning was really good for me. So I'm thinking that maybe if I, yeah, if I wrote this stuff down on my planner and I don't know if I need to check it off. I mean, that's what I did for my 21 day fast. I was checking things off. So yeah, that could be, that could be, I think it too. um, I just wonder about, when I look at the days that I'm not consistent, um, you know, with just being in the right mindset and, and all that kind of stuff, I feel like those are the days that I lose sight of kind of my, I don't want to say my purpose, but a little bit about my, I lose sight of like being grounded in why I'm doing things. And I'm a little bit snappier with the kids and, those are the days that I tend to eat whatever comes my way rather than, you know, stick to what I have already bought and prepared. There's the less of the sense of control surrounding actions and habits and how you're showing up in the day. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's kind of just like a free for all at that point. With the, you, you know, so it sounds like you're, focused around this pen and paper, you know, part of this um, Mm -hmm. roadmap of like writing things down, wanting to see them, getting them, you know, on, um, on the calendar, on the schedule. And that gives you kind of this confidence to um, check things off, feel good about, you know, implementing the things that you're wanting to do in your routine. And then there's these other days where you're feeling less in control of those things. Um, less consistent. What are some differences between, you know, how, I guess what I could be asking is um, what is different on those days you're feeling more scattered 
um, what's going on in the morning or, you know, um, so a lot of times what'll happen, um, is I'll have it. It happens when I have an early appointment. I'm more of a, like, I'm not a super duper early morning person. So if I have something like an early morning meeting, then that means in order for me to get the journal in and and those kind of things, get my mindset right, I have to get up earlier. And I'm finding that when I don't, when I don't do it, I just start running and then I'm not grounded in like why I'm doing what I'm doing. So it just seems like I'm rushing from one thing to another. Um, and so I'm just wondering, like, maybe I need to, I've always felt like I wanted to have a better morning schedule. Like I've just wanted to be one of those people that gets up, works out, does the stuff and then set up for the day. And I can end the days that I do that. I could see why these people write books and all that stuff about doing those things because it really does work. And when I do it, I love it. So I guess I, I, it would be helpful for me to just, I think I'm answering my own question here. I think I'm, I'm realizing that that is effective for me on the days that I do it. And I think it might be time to just grow up and like, just set a morning schedule and give myself because I I don't like to take away I like to have this freedom in my schedule I like this feeling of freedom and choice and so that's why I think I resist it but really when I do those things I feel better I I'm more efficient it ultimately does give me more choice at that point and I'm taking care of myself and feeling my best. So, yeah, I guess just seeing what that looks like. I don't know what, like I said, I've, I've, I feel like I've, I've told myself I'm going to do that before and I haven't done it. Well, and it sounds like there's this combination of wanting to create a morning routine where you're journaling, working out, having these foundational pieces and this idea of wanting to remain flexible and have freedom to choose that and not feel like these are things you should or have to be doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. What could like a morning routine with that sense of freedom or um, ability to choose look like that supports these things that you're wanting to have in your day to day? Well, it's interesting that you say the ability to choose, because I think even coming at it with that in mind feels like freedom to me, because it's like, I am choosing to do this because it helps me do the other things I want to do or be the best me. And I think that's maybe just framing it as I'm choosing this. I'm choosing to have this morning routine. Just simply that, like the choice of the morning routine is a choice and not a have to. It's not like somebody's making me do it. Yeah. You you have ownership over what this routine looks like mm-hmm. 
choosing the, you know, the components that go into it and feel more grounded when it's coming from that perspective versus having to do things or what things should look like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that might make all the difference because I've never done it, done it that way before. It's like always been this kind of big, okay, I'm going to do this, you know, and I'm good for a few days. And then I find that I slip back into this pattern, but I think I'm done with that pattern. I think I'm just done with that. It's not efficient for me. And it's just, it's just not. So yeah, I think that, I think all of getting this morning routine thing set and, and started doing that. I kind of have a run at it right now because I've been doing the journaling piece for 21 days and it has been awesome. And the days that I got, had the early meetings, I actually did get up and do that before I did the meeting. And so I've kind of proven to myself that I can actually do that. (laughs) You've successfully been able to implement one of these, you know, areas, the journaling, Mm -hmm. even though, you know, maybe mornings aren't your favorite time, um, but you're intentionally waking up and choosing to do that before some of these meetings, because you know, it makes you feel better um, Mm -hmm. and feel more grounded. Yeah, it definitely does. And it's very energizing when I, on the days that I work out in the morning, I feel like, I just feel like my energy is better. Um, and I feel like I tend to be more like making better choices for what I'm eating, I think, because it's, it's like that self-respect thing. Like I just worked out, I, I need, my body needs this now, you know, and then I, I just eat better overall, I think. Yeah, I think that I'm, I'm kind of excited about that. I'm trying to figure out. Okay, so now my journal thing that I had is done because I finished it. So I don't know if I would have a new journal or write this in my in my calendar book. I'm not sure what, you know what that looks like. You're not sure exactly what you're wanting to choose to focus on next. Is that right? Well, I think just what, okay. So now that we've talked about doing the morning routine, I kind of need to define the morning routine. And I know for me, what I learned is that writing stuff is good. That's that works for me. So it's like, do I write it in my calendar? Do I write it? I think maybe putting it in my calendar and then doing the check marks. That might actually work. So writing the morning routine in your calendar, having a check, you know, check mark system of components of that routine. What we talked about kind of the ability to choose, um, mm-hmm. which gives you a sense of freedom of control over this routine versus feeling yeah, restricted. Yeah, I really like that. Mm-hmm. What are you wanting to choose for this? You mentioned exercise or workouts, potentially a journaling piece. Mm -hmm. What other areas are you wanting to choose for this space in your morning? So I think um, 
I want to do, so I, the biggest piece that I liked about that journal was the gratitude part. And just, and I, and in the past, I've been really consistent with gratitude journal, like for years. And then now I haven't done it very consistently for a while, but I think putting down a few things that I'm grateful for and doing my, I have affirmation cards. So I think doing those and then my devotional. So all of that together takes like 15 minutes. Okay. And then, so if I do that and then, um, I think I need to have workout as like a block. I need to have workout in there. And I really want to try with doing, being consistent with doing my workout. I don't do a really long workout. I do like a 20 minute cardio and like 10 minutes of weights. So it's very doable that I could, I, I want to be able to do that before I start working in the day. Okay. So those are my morning things and then feel my body. Okay. So starting so things I, off. Yeah. With, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say, I, I like to eat after my workout. Like I like to have a shake after my workout or eggs or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, so, I think, so that sounds like a lot of things. Like I'm looking, I'm writing it down and I'm putting the boxes, but really the first three things only take 15 minutes and then the workout takes say 40 minutes and then I'm re- and then I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. Having written it down and outlining what this is going to look like, what things you're choosing to have in your morning routine, how does that feel for you when you're looking at it on paper? It feels um, very doable. I like the idea. I need to somehow remember the idea of choice in this because every time we talk about that choice thing that you mentioned, then that feels really like energizing to me around this area. Um, There's a piece of me that feels a little scared because I don't want to disappoint myself or I don't want to set, I don't want to tell myself that I'm going to do something and then I do it. So I I'm trying to figure out what, where the, where the lines go on that. Um, But yeah, overall, I, I don't see a reason why this wouldn't work. Except that like if I stayed up late the night before or something. Okay. So maybe, you know, potential challenge in implementing this could be if you stay up late at night, the night before, maybe aren't getting up as early in the morning. Mm-hmm. With the, when you did the 21 day social media fast, were there any times when that happened and um, what strategies did you kind of lean on for support to um, overcome that or, or be able to do the. So the one, um, the one day that I just, it, it was a super early morning I'm trying to think what the day was because it wasn't my, on one of the early mornings, I did it, but then another one I did not. And it came to the night and I had not done any of it. Well, I didn't go on social media, but I didn't do the journaling piece. 
and the little exercise that goes with that. So what I did, cause I was really tired is I just did the gratitude part and then I just, I just let it go. Okay. So I just kind of like started the next day and got back on it. So you were able to kind of to pivot in a way and do something that you had that kind of the energy and the capacity to do with the gratitude piece. And then you were mm-hmm. able to, to kind of get back into rhythm the following day. Yeah, it felt good because they had a little checkbox. So I still could check off the one box. And so it didn't feel like a total boss. Like it didn't feel like I totally broke it. I just, I just said, I you know, my, I need to sleep. I'm not going to, I'm not going to answer all the questions right now. And I felt good about it. And I just kind of moved on. Ah. You chose the gratitude piece. You kind of, it sounds mm-hmm. like you had this internal dialogue of, yeah, I didn't get to all the pieces of this today, but I'm doing this component and I feel good about that. And you were able to go to bed. It sounds mm-hmm. like, you know, get, get a good night's sleep and then wake up and um, kind of continue on this 21 day social media fast without yeah. feeling defeated. No, I did not feel defeated. I just went ahead and kept going. Um, so, yeah, I think. But again, one of the things that kept me really clear on it was I had that book like in my face every single day. <laughs> So it was just this visual thing. Um, So I'm kind of thinking, actually, I want to get a different journal and keep it by my bed because my calendar is in my office and I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't want to have that be an excuse because I know like having that visual reminder was really important for me. So exploring what like a visual reminder could look like. Mm-hmm. since your calendar's in your office. So having maybe a journal next to the bed to have, I have think that so. visual cue. Yeah. And I got one for Christmas. So I think, yeah, I have a little, I have a little journal and that's what I used to do when I did the gratitude journal consistently. So I think I will do that. I'm going to have a check mark on it for these other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and and give that a try and see how, you know, how regular I am, I guess. And then I suppose I won't beat myself up if it doesn't work, but maybe just try a different, I don't know, maybe the next time we talk, you know, I'll let you know how it goes. Okay. What does success look like for you? You mentioned kind of seeing how it goes, exploring. Ooh, I like that um, question. Yeah. What does success look like? Um, okay. This is a super good question. Thank you for asking me this. Um, so success looks like I am, I'm trying to think realistically, I I think that five days a week, I'm checking my boxes and I'm getting my workout in, in the morning. Actually, I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to say, I'm going to say four days a week, I'm getting my workout in, in the morning. Okay. And checking the boxes. I think that I'll, I think that the gratitude thing, I think I'm going to be, I'm probably going to be doing that 
nearly seven days a week. But the workout thing in the morning, I want to, I don't want to put too much pressure on it. And I know that my gym is there. I can go down, you know, another time. Um, yeah. So I'm going to say four days a week. That's what success looks like to me. Okay. So setting up four days a week, wanting to exercise in the morning, checking the boxes. And it sounds like kind of knowing that maybe the gratitude journaling will be more frequent than that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. With this plan you have in place, what feels like a natural first step for you? Well, given that I just finished the other journal, I'm going to look at the journal that I got, see if that's going to be the one for me. Um, and if not, when I go shopping today, like to Target, I can, I know that they have some journals that have those little boxes on there that you can, that you can mark off. So I, I might check that out, but I think I, I'm going to start this like now, like tomorrow, I'm ready to start okay. this tomorrow. I've, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think I'm coming off the heels of having the momentum and kind of the habit of doing that writing. So it would be totally like, I don't want to give myself a break from that. I just want to keep, keep doing it. Okay. So continuing the momentum that you have from the success Mm -hmm. from this 21 day social media fast to propel yourself into this next step you're wanting to take. Mm -hmm. And then we can connect and we'll see how having the ability to choose kind of this morning routine is going, what's going well and work through maybe some things that have been challenging. How does that sound? That sounds awesome. It's yeah. Thank you. This was really helpful. Thank you a lot. You're welcome. We'll talk soon. Okay. Thanks. Lee, great job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So many key elements in there. People got to hear your silence. They got to hear, I was sitting on the edge of my seat. Like there's some intrigue, like what's going to happen next here? How did you feel it went as the coach? Yeah, uh, I I think it went pretty well. And I, I will say that I'm typically pretty intentional about the pause, which can feel awkward at times because there were moments where there was this pause and I was waiting. And then, um, those were also the moments I felt were really valuable. Mm. And I was glad that I did not, um, jump in, um, to say anything and gave her that space to kind of reflect in the moment and continue with her thoughts. And, oh man, I, I would say in the beginning there, there was this moment where there were like these three or four like <laughs> legs going on. And I was like, okay, do I narrow, you know, do I ask a few questions that maybe narrow in on our focus? But then I kind of decided because it sounded like there were these three things that were very important. So instead of, I think, asking, narrowing down on like a workout or exercise or a nutrition plan or the weight loss piece, I just kind of allowed, I kept it open and, and in doing so we, we got to this morning routine component. Mm. Yeah. In the moment I was like, Hmm, maybe, maybe I could have focused in a little more with, with Susie, but at the end I was, I was kind of glad that we kept it a little, um, in her court, right. Which is what I think coaching is all about is, is having her be in the driver's seat. And even if there are lots of branches going on, you know, that's, you know, leaving space for her and talking through that, I think was important. So, and, and are there 
any tips you could throw out? You're an experienced coach. You've been doing this a long time. You've got so, such a strong background. How do you make that decision? It sounds like you were kind of going, well, let's see, Lee, what do we do with this one? And then you went <laughs> and then you chose a direction. Any tips on on kind of how you let that stuff float around in your brain and then move or don't move in a certain direction? That's a good question. I And I will say I, I sometimes use, use pauses for for that because you know, we want to keep things client centered, client focused and have them, like I said, be the driver. And so I use kind of those pauses to give the client space after, you know, a question to navigate where we're going. So I kind of give them the, you know, the, um, the space to navigate. Yeah. Like they're going they're navigating, you know, like we're on this path together, but they're choosing like which direction we go. So sometimes I use pauses for that when I'm feeling like, okay, I don't want to ask a question that directs them or leads them in a Mm. certain way. So I give them kind of space or if it sounds like maybe sometimes if something is really important and it keeps coming up. So maybe if say, for example, like the specific workout, you know, um, situation kept coming up, that's kind of a cue of, okay, maybe this is more of the focus instead of kind of keeping it broad like we did. And and we landed on this morning routine, which incorporated these, these three elements. So I guess that would be my answer to that. Okay, I like no, a tip I like would be a using, yeah, using a pause and giving you, you know, the time to refocus and recenter and say, okay, um, in the coaching context, the client is driving the bus and like you're on the bus and you're wanting to make sure that you're meeting them where they are at with that, with how they're feeling with things. So, and I love how you ended up with that in terms of your, your direction, because so many folks that come into the training or have come from clinical backgrounds as a physician mm-hmm. or physical therapist or counselor or something like that, that's their hardest thing is not directing, not pointing, not saying, here's the answer and, and instead allowing it to be client directed. So love that. Anything you might've wanted to tweak? I mean, it's not like you've listened to this and you've done a critical analysis or anything, (laughs) but, but just on the fly, was there anything that you're like, you know, I might've wanted to do this or, or as I'm just doing a quick cycle back, maybe I would have tried this question or something, anything that pops to the forefront. Hmm. I will say when we were t- talking about her connection with writing things down and, and, and there came up this time of like an affirmation surrounding choice, like the ability to choose versus having to feel like you're putting yourself into a box. I was kind of going back and forth on whether we should have dove a little bit more into that when she was saying, she said something along the lines of, you know, I want to, I want to stay grounded with this ability to choose. And how does that, how can that show up in this creation of my morning routine that has these, these boxes and and check marks on it? So maybe looking back, I would have maybe asked a question or two on what, how, what that could look like for her. Yeah. There, so there was that. And then I felt, I'd say a little bit like, was saying like, I felt like a li- we were circling the drain a bit in some like more abstract areas mm. that maybe I could ask different open-ended questions or maybe provided a reflection or two that moved us, you know, a little more forward. You know, those are my like two takeaways without kind of listening to sure, how, sure, yeah. how it went. Yeah. So I probably would have those two areas. 
but I was also looking, you know, trying to be, we could spend an hour, you know, talking about <laughs> affirmations and, and what that looks like and visualizing. But I, yeah, but, um, okay. maybe a question or two in there. Yeah. Okay. Very good. And, and Susie, I, I just, I want to say thank you. I know you, I've known you for a long time. You're one of the most engaging, energized, positive people I know. So thank you for pulling the curtain back for us. Thanks for the the honesty, the transparency, the willingness to say, and I've got these struggles and and this is what's going on. So out of the gate, thank you. How did you feel this went? From the the Coach E perspective, how did you feel it went? None of this was scripted. None of this was planned in advance. You two just sat down. You went through this. How did you feel like it went? I feel like from my perspective, it was just like, this was a really useful tool for me. Uh, Just a useful session for me. I think the thing that I felt, I felt embraced by Lee Mm. in a way that she held the space for me. She trying to picture like she just, she just listened really well and reacted and, and she kind of resisted even my prompting to that. <laughs> tell me what to do. <laughs> and she didn't tell me what to do. So I just think that that made all the difference for me um, to be able to be open. You know, this truly is something that's kind of been spinning around for probably since the beginning of the year is just feeling that this, that things were spinning a little bit. And Mm. I don't feel like that after this coaching session with Lee, I feel, I feel grounded. I feel in control, like in the sense of no one's making me do this, or, you know, this is a choice for me. And I feel like the next step is doable. And if it doesn't work, she helped me with kind of, you know, what that looked like too. So I I really love the question, what does success look like? Mm. That wrapped it up for me really, really well, because it took me back to kind of like, why, why does it matter (laughs) type of thing? Right. So thanks for that question, Lee. You did. Yeah, it was, it was a very useful call. Any surprises in there with a direction that it took or the outcome you landed on or the, was there anything where had you gone back in time that you'd be surprised with where you ended up when it was over? Yes. I did not think that we were going to end up with talking about my morning routine because truly that is something that probably I think two, two times in a very like with a, with a business coach more that I have discussed this before. It's been a, a few years ago since the last one. So things have changed, but I did not think that we were going to discuss that. I thought it was going to be more strategy around my, you know, like just typical wellness lifestyle things that I wanted to tweak, but it was interesting how Lee did resist the urge to you know, pen me down in one direction, <laughs> which would have been also, I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, that's a great it, lesson think, for us. Yeah. I mean, and I think that I, it would have been valuable, I'm sure, but I don't know if it would have been as deep. I don't know if the value would have been as deep and we, it would have gotten more towards like, let's take one more step back. Like why, you know, so now I feel like this is, this is really kind of the appropriate place to start. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Mm-hmm. E- either one of you, were there any key moments, oftentimes in a coaching session, 
there's a couple of moments that take place where what happens in that moment directs the rest of it, directs the outcome, directs the engagement. Did either of you or both of you sense any of those moments come up in this sample session? I definitely did. Um, And Lee, I'd be curious to see if you find the same one. When you switched my, when you switched the, like you reframed for me, the morning routine was a choice. And Mm. that actually had like an energetic shift for me personally in thinking about it. So I think that I'm going to be successful with this. And one of the reasons is because of that shift, because that's like a really big value of mine to have it like freedom is a really big value of mine. And so that's always been a rub for me with this. And so I think that that was just really brilliant. And that was, that was definitely a turning point where it made it feel doable for me then. Yeah. I didn't know whether, you know, I would go first or you would, as soon as you said the ability to choose, um, as your kind of takeaway of the of the session, and that would definitely be the moment where I thought was like a pivotal moment because you had kind of started off with resistance against New Year's resolutions and feeling like you should be doing things or have to be doing things. And you like to hold yourself accountable with the boxes, like checking things off and also have this need for freedom and, and ability to choose. So I think when we had a discussion around that and incorporated that into everything we were talking about with the morning routine, steps to take, how it looks like, knowing that that was a a big value of yours and important to you and and holding um, that through our conversation, I think was really, I was really, you know, excited about that. (laughs) That (laughs) Thank you. So last question, Lee, obviously, Coaches work in different timelines with their clients. Some might connect Mm -hmm. weekly. Some might connect twice a month. Some might be quarterly or three times a year, something like that. How would you approach this? And and don't go through all of those options, but how would you approach this if you're going to be chatting with Susie in a couple of weeks versus if you're going to be talking to her in a couple of months? Is there a variation between your approach for the next session based on that frequency? Oh, that's a good question. Well, first thing that came to mind was maybe if if I knew that we maybe weren't going to talk or have a follow-up again for maybe eight weeks, I might have asked a question about support and accountability mm, mm. in in this next step because and that's a question I, you know, that I feel like comes into coaching frequently is kind of what's this support and accountability outside of the coaching space um, that can help you with reaching this or, you know, implementing this next step. So that might've been a question I'd ask if I had known we're meet, we meet quarterly or we're meeting eight weeks from now, if we're meeting like a week or two, you know, from now, I think it, it probably, you know, would have been, I would have kept it pretty similar because it gives enough time to kind of implement and talk about like neck or challenges that have come up kind of like how we ended the session. So yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah, probably an additional question on support and accountability if there's more time in between our sessions. Perfect. You too. Thank you so much. This was really valuable. I know it's difficult knowing you're being recorded. You're knowing that thousands of people are going to hear you. So th- <laughs> thank you, Lee, for the, the guts to step up and, and put yourself out there. And Susie, thank you for your transparency, your honesty. You laid it all out there. I really appreciate it from both of you. So thanks so much. 
You're welcome. Thank you for the opportunity. And Lee, I will, I really benefited from this a lot. So thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Thanks so much for having us, Brad. Thanks for tuning into the number one podcast for health and wellness coaching. We just had our biggest month of downloads in our five year, 250 plus episode history. And since we depend almost entirely on word of mouth, we obviously have you to thank for that. If you're an employer, EAP, or wellness provider looking for a catalyst to support or maybe enhance the physical, emotional, and mental health of those you serve, Catalyst Coaching 360 might be the solution you're seeking. Personalized, best-in-class, and value-based health and wellness coaching you can integrate into any program and any platform. We do one thing, coaching. It's not an add-on. It's in our DNA. If you're tired of settling, maybe it's time for a Catalyst catalystcoaching360.com or email us anytime results at catalystcoaching360.com and now speaking of catalysts it's time to be a catalyst this is catalyst coaching 360 dr brad cooper make it a great rest of your week and i'll speak with you soon on the next episode of the catalyst 360 podcast or maybe over on the youtube coaching channel